The views expressed on this podcast represent only those of the hosts and do not represent the views of the Student National Medical Association. My name is Jared Jeffrey. I'm Dr. Alden Samore, a.k.a. White Coat Poppy. You know what I'm saying? Bronx Future Doc, all of that good stuff. And hello, everyone. I'm student Dr. Isabella Intabu. Welcome to another episode of SNMA Presents The Lounge. It is finally February, and you know what that means. Let's talk about love, baby. Love! In this episode, we will be discussing dating, marriage, in the stages as a medical professional. We'll also talk about how to find the balance between school slash internship slash residency and your love life. So to help us lead this convo, we have Dr. Renee and Dr. Nee Darko, hosts of Docs Outside the Box podcast. Dr. Nee Darko, trauma surgeon, and his wife, Dr. Renee Darko, OBGYN, both have thriving careers helping people, but realize that there's more. Both doctors were inspired to discover the many other avenues that medicine can offer outside of seeing patients in an office or a hospital. This journey led them to launch three businesses, including the Docs Outside the Box podcast, a premier resource for information on financial freedom, lifestyle design, and mindset. Through their journey of discovering their own passions outside of medicine, the couple speaks from life experiences, including expanding their family through the difficult journey of IVF and paying off a 662000 combined student loan debt in just three yep. years. Listen, I got to clap for that. I'm sorry. That is that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Fire. That's I got to clap that's for that. Super fire. That's OD. The doctors are truly walking the walk and currently bring on podcast guests to discuss all things money, mission, and mindset fused with entertaining husband and wife, barter about life outside the box, pop culture, and more. So, Welcome to the Lounge Podcast, Dr. Nee and Dr. Renee Darko. So we had Dr. Nee last episode, and this episode we also have his wife, Dr. Renee. So welcome to you, Dr. Renee. Thank so, you. Thank you for having me. Hey. I feel like I should be doing this. Snapping, <laughs> snapping, snapping, snapping. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, so, love Jones so style. Sad. Okay, period. Yeah, it's, it's Valentine's Day. We have to, we have to give that energy. Um, but, you know, just to start off the convo, you know, we have a very wide array of listeners for this podcast. This is an SMA official podcast. So we have people from all walks of their journey in medicine, whether it's from pre-med up until attending status. So we kind of just want to start it off with the beginning. How did you guys meet each other and how did you balance dating while pursuing medicine? Well, we met over the phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how we met. So we met over the phone. Wasn't anything romantic. We just happened to interview at the same school. So we both went to KCU, Kansas City University um, in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, but we got accepted to the same school and a mutual mentor of ours basically put us together because he's just having all the black students contact each other before we all started. So I lived in New York. Me lived in New Jersey. We met over the phone and we had a really great conversation the first time we met um, again over the phone. Um, But we didn't actually meet in person until like, what, three, four months later? Yeah. Yeah. Like three, four months later. Um, Even then, 
I wasn't sweating him. He wasn't sweating me. (laughs) It wasn't anything like that, you know? So we ended up being study partners. And then he started sweating me. (laughs) Okay. Because it didn't start automatically, right? You got to warm up to it. Okay. I see. We had to warm up to it. Right. (laughs) Right. So we started out as friends. Um, Yeah. And then I guess what? The second semester of first year is when we started dating. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Dr. Nee, do you agree with everything? I feel like people have different interpretations of how we first met. So I don't have legacy. See, I'm used to being a podcast host, so I always have final edits as to what says. So I'll let her say what she says. And then I just go back post production and just edit it out and be like, please, please, please. cut, cut, I'm, cut. I'm not going to lie. Cut, 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 cut. I, I love the way that he didn't even flinch when that question was asked. He already knows. Okay. Yeah, she gets to tell this story. He knew it a lot. But for the sanity of yep. tonight, yes, yeah, she says she's right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah. So um, I guess I would have to. So it sounds like y'all got a real like, you know, organic start, real slow start, all of that yeah. good stuff. So y'all got to tell me, like, when it comes to career, your priorities and uh, personal well-being, where does each one stack up versus the others? Because that's a mm-hmm. difficult trio to balance right there. Yeah. You, you talking about now or you talking about in medical the, school? Nah, then. nah. When y'all, when, y'all was, <laughs> when y'all was getting to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I grew up in a household, both my parents, blue collar, Ghanaian immigrants. Mm-hmm. And my mother was very clear with me. Like she was, if you, if you get married or if you have children, you will derail your chances of getting into medical school or becoming oh, right. a doctor. And oh, she okay. would drill that into me from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I just, well, not even becoming a doctor, just whatever professionally I wanted to do. She would mm-hmm. just say like, whatever you wanted to do, whether it's a lawyer, a doctor, teacher because you know in the african house you can only be like those three things engineer <laughs> engineer you can only do those things um they yep. will you know that will derail you so you have to stay focused so i was very focused um and you know to 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 an extent it was very it helped me be very focused and very selfish about like what i was trying to do once i got into medical school um, but I also think like there was still a little bit of some growing up, some immaturity on my end from a social standpoint in terms of dealing with relationships and how to balance and so forth. And low key, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as balance. Um, mm-hmm. But I was very much into the books, you know, everything, social life, all of that stuff came second to actually the goal, which was graduating and doing well. And that's how mm. it was for me. Um, but I look back, there was some mistakes that I made that I would have definitely gone back and uh, no, for real. Whoa, definitely we to talk about what those are. Definitely some mistakes. It doesn't have to be right. That's a fact. Isn't it wifey? That's all we know. That's all we need to know. No, some of them do. Some of them are. Some of them are. You know, some of them are. Like real talk. I was trying to save you. I was, okay. I'm going to jump in a deep end. Dr. Nee is being upfront and honest. Dr. Nee, you can share just one. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's share just one. What are the yeah. early ones? What are the early one, ones? One mistake. What was the, what was one mistake you made? One mistake. I, y'all for real? Y'all want to go there? Yeah, we just, yeah. Got just one. We got it. I don't, I don't endorse closing, this, right? but you know what? It's two against three. So let me just let me take a seat. The forgiveness clause <laughs> is in, though. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be right. um, I think I think definitely the biggest the biggest mistake I made was there was a point in my in my medical school training where I thought like I was a player. 
And I didn't really think about, I didn't think about people's feelings. I didn't think about her feelings. I didn't think about, you know, what would happen two, three years down the line and stuff. And I made some really bad decisions, some major decisions. And like, I got lucky. I got a second chance with her and so forth. But, you know, love like some guys, a lot of guys don't get a chance to have that second chance. But you know, that, play, that player fine. mentality, you know, it runs its course. And there's going to be a time mm. when you need to be with someone who's been with you from the from the beginning. And right. if uh-huh. you don't play your cards right, yes. if you're not smart about it, you know, you're going to end up, you know, dating people who've only seen you when you are a doctor or when mm. you drive in a nice type of car or just mm. don't understand the struggle. And then at that point, you want you want you trying to understand why these people don't understand what it's like is because you messed up when you was younger. The people who were there for you, the women that were there for you or the person who was there for you, you messed that up. You know, and you don't get a redo. I did. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky there. So that was definitely the biggest mistake socially I made in, in school. So I could be real with that. But we Honestly, potted it. I applaud that one. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, that, you really owned up to it. A lot of men wouldn't up, they wouldn't own up to that. So I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for that. Isabella, Isabella. Like, like, no, no, no. Full accountability from, full accountability from black men 2024 and see Dr. starting it off. That's it. Like I said. I'm not saying. I'm not going to get bullied. I'm not going to lock the bullying. I, I'm going to speak my truth. I am going to speak my truth. Y'all can't silence me. Okay, next question. Y'all are so funny. Yo, we, uh, just remember, just remember, <laughs> black men and women are loving on each other on yes. these podcasts in 2024. We are. Please. We are. Yes. We really are. We really are. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we, you, we also have to remember, right, like there's a level of immaturity just when you're younger, right? Mm. There's just a level of immaturity. I think that we all have um, in the way that we approach relationships, the way that we approach mm-hmm. conflict in relationships. Here she go for Claire Huxtable. Here she goes. Anyway, <laughs> what you talking about? She, um, she says it all the right way and everything. I hate when she but, <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's not like, you know, just because you maybe didn't make the mistake of stepping out or whatever, mm. that you didn't yep. make other mistakes, right? Yeah. Like, you know, how are you approaching certain conflicts in your relationship? You know, are you being really immature about it? Are you, you know, just, oh, I don't need you. I'm walking out. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, what are you doing in order to foster the relationship? And it takes mm-hmm. time to be that mature, to understand the implications of what you could be setting up for your future. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it was a lot. You know, we had a lot of conflict a lot of conflict. Mm. Charlie said we wouldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the honesty for me because it's really not a walk in the park from what I've heard. Like mm-hmm. Michelle Obama said something similar with like her and Barack, how she hated him for like 10 years, but because she liked him, <laughs> she stuck by him. And I feel like our generation, yeah. we have a very hard we have a hard time sticking by people when we feel a little bit of discomfort. And I just think it's beautiful to like, see that you guys like stuck it through, you know, stayed with each other despite the difficulties. Cause like this life is not a walk in the park. So I think that's really like really honorable. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's also important to remember that good people do bad things. And just because you do a bad thing doesn't mean you're a bad person. Right. So, you know, that's something I think, you know, certainly, helped us through our own path so mm -hmm. you said something major keys right what are you doing to foster your relationship and i think one of the tenets and foundations for a relationship is maintaining mental and emotional well-being 
Um, how do you guys prioritize this in your current relationship? Because you talked about the past, but where you are now, especially with all your obligations, I know you guys have locums, you guys also have the podcast, you have uh, some beautiful children as well, and our parents, and then of course, you know, holding it down for us on this podcast as well. So uh, tell us more about uh, how do you manage all of that? It's a lot. Dan, do we manage? No. I look at you like this. Ain't no such thing as balance. You know? Just, right. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I'll be really honest with you. Like, my wife, Renee, has made some really smart moves that I questioned when we first got married. Mm-hmm. And that I was mm-hmm. like, why? You know? So, you know, yeah. like I said, immigrant household. My mom worked full time. My dad worked full time. Um, so whoever I was going to marry, I was like, nah, you going to work. I'm going to work. We're going to make this money. That's it. So she, you know, we lived apart for a good amount of years. years So we had a 10 year courtship and we lived apart for like seven of those. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was in residency and then I was in residency, she was doing her residency in Jersey. I was doing my residency in Georgia. Then I did a fellowship in Miami. It's like, thought he was a player, you know? know? Okay. It was Miami. The sun was getting to your head, Dr. Nee. Okay. I got it. All right. (laughs) And then I ran out of money. <laughs> you take me back. <laughs> Collect. <laughs> Dude, you take this call from. <laughs> really? But, yeah. so, but, so when we first got married, um, the first job we looked at, like she was like, I want to do part time. And I was like, part time, part time mm-hmm. OB. I'm like, part time for what? Like, we need to make <laughs> money. Like, we got debt. We want to make money. Like, you need to work full time. I work full time. And that's it. And she said, well, you know, we've lived apart for so long that her full time OB is actually busier than my full time trauma surgery, because mm-hmm. trauma surgery at that time, 10 years ago, had transitioned mm-hmm. to shift work, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, full, you know, OB, the type of OB that she was doing, not quite yet. Yeah, um, about office, clinic, call, mm-hmm. that, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's more like what she was doing is more like cardiology, more like <laughs> liver surgery where you just don't, it doesn't, you it don't doesn't leave stop. it. It doesn't stop. Right. Right? stop. It's, yeah. it's your patient is your patient. Right. So she was like, yeah, I, I, we sh- I should be part time. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not down with that. But then eventually I was like, okay, I acquiesced. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And so, we would spend time together. You know, yeah. like there was times when I would do 24 hour call. And where I worked at, like we had a really nice trauma suite where there was a kitchen, a full bath. There was a whole like private suite where we could, you know, be there while mm. we're watching TV and if someone wanted to call. I could go downstairs and be mm-hmm. right on top of like literally the suite is right on top of the, right trauma, on top of the trauma bay. Right. That's nice. So like they even made it so you could bring your kids and all those different yeah. things so that if you wow. needed to do like 24 or, you know, 72 hours consecutively, mm-hmm. you know, you have your family there. So she would finish work, come across the street, she'd cook up a nice dinner, we'd eat dinner, and then if traumas came through back and forth, yeah. it, it would just come through. And we were spending mm-hmm. a lot of time uh, together, yeah. and we were getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple of times, remember, you? what what did I ask you? I forgot what I asked you. Oh, there was one time we were like maybe two months in, a month in, and he was like, you know, he goes, I thought you were, I thought you were working 
part time. And I said, this is part time. <laughs> he thought when like he thought when I said part time, it was going to be like I just wasn't working. Right. I was working and I was still bringing work home with me because, as you probably know, um, just, you know, anecdotally is that you bring you end up bringing a lot of work home with you. So I still was bringing work home with me. But I was able to spend certain days with him because I wasn't working certain days in clinic. Mm -hmm. So he just felt like, oh, like this is the part time that you were talking about. I'm like, yeah. He's like, so you would work more if you were working full time? I'm like, yes. I'm like, that's why I wanted to do part time. He's like, oh, I get it now. Nah, that's fire. So so would you say that like you took on part time at work to be like a full time wife? Ooh. No, I, t- mm. I think I took on part time at work so that my relationship didn't suffer. Right. Because you don't get married to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. So that was the, that was the thing in my head. Right. Like. Definitely. And so, you know, when you get married and I'm I'm probably somewhat of a traditionalist, you know, my family's Haitian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we grew up with a lot of the same types of, of principles. Right. But when you get married, you know, you have to have a certain dedication to your marriage. Right. So you can't just Absolutely. be like, you know, I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to be this boss lady who's just going to do all these things. But then you neglect mm-hmm. the relationship that you have with your husband. How do you expect that to even be successful? So for me, I'm like, I have to now pay a lot of attention to the things that I said I was going to pay attention to. So I, you know, I gave my career lots of attention. You know, I got into med school when I was 27 and then kept going until I finished, you know, residency. So now that I'm married, I can't be like, all right, career, career, career only. It's like, no, I chose to marry Mm -hmm. this man. I have to give that level of attention that I gave to my career to this marriage. But you could do that, but just know that there's consequences. Right. Exactly. I think sometimes people will try to set up an adversarial relationship where Mm -hmm. it's like you take this type of lifestyle and that's it. And you get it when you get it, how you get it. And that's it. Mm. And I think I learned a lot from her cues, which was, oh, wow. Like I didn't realize because when I thought about getting married, I didn't. I, there was no color to it. It was like this black and white picture Auto in my pilot. mind. You know, like, you know how Kanye West used to say, like, you know, uh, was it like a, something in my memory museum or something like that? There's a lyric that he says where he's talking mm-hmm. about something It's in black and white and it's in his memory. Mm-hmm. And the way how I looked at it was marriage is just black and white. She works, I work. If we had kids, you'd probably get a nanny or something like that. <laughs> but I never really thought about what the consequences of all of those things meant, yeah. right? Which mm-hmm. is, if she's so busy and I'm so busy, we can't spend time together. Like, can we actually have kids? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if we have kids, what kind of relationship do we want to have right. with our kids? Particularly if we want to have or mimic the type of upbringing that we had with our right. parents. With our right. Parents. Right. But if you got a full-time OB and a full-time trauma surgeon, that's not going to happen. Right? Right, right. Do we want the nanny or do we want the kids calling the nanny's mom? Right. Mm. Like these are certain things that, that just, happens. we have to start thinking about. <laughs> right. Like, wow, mm-hmm. like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Then also at the same time at my job, when I first started, like two of my partners, you know, they were going through divorces and they mm. were hell. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. when I look at them, I'm like, I'm not shocked. The divorce rate is high in medicine. People are surprised. Yeah. It's high in medicine. Yeah. And it's already 60% yeah. outside of medicine. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. So those those type of foundational things that she did, that kind of built on the decisions that we made in the future. So mm-hmm. when we when she had a business idea, 
you know, I helped her with that. When I had a business idea, she 100% jumped into my thing. We just kind of always worked mm-hmm. in lockstep with each other. When we took on and decided to pay off our debt, which is yeah. huge. Like, this is something that I want people to understand. Mm-hmm. She, she had $330,000 of debt. I had $330,000 of debt. We never said that, like, your debt is your debt. Mm-hmm. In 30 years, you take care of this. And then my debt is my debt. And then I'll see you, you know, on the island. Another and side. You know, and go from there. That wasn't going to work. wasn't going to work. So basically, we just said, look, first of all, the money that I bring in is yours. The money that you mm. bring in is mine. The debt that you have is mine. The debt that I have is yours. Right. Let's make it happen. And when we put our money together and we started thinking about ways of how we can tackle all of this debt and we did it Mm. so fast, it just helped us to realize that like we're a team. team. It's Mm -hmm. actually more than that. We're bonded. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like she becomes I, I become I, like we all just become, we become we, we, become we basically, yeah. I mean, my pronouns right, right? Yeah. you know what I'm saying? The two become and, one and, flesh, biblically speaking, right. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. Right. Like, you know. yeah. And we just yeah. started, we work like that. And as a result, like that's kind of how we live our lives. That's how we raise our kids. That's how we do these businesses. That's how we do this podcast. This is like, we, like we kind of, you know, she has the things that she's really passionate about. I have the things that I'm really passionate about. We respect that. But when major decisions need to be made, it's like we do it together. Yeah. I think I just everything has been screaming like dream team, power couple. Like that's the energy I'm really getting from (laughs) you guys. And like, I really wish there was more examples like for people to see who are interested in medicine or who are pursuing medicine and who are also in relationships and maybe are trying to figure out like, how do I find that person? I'm curious to know, like, Dr. Nee, how did you know that Dr. Renee was like, this is the one? I just feel like every person has their their criteria has like what it is that they were looking for. Like, how does she check? Like she checked off, checked off all your boxes. Like, what was it that made you say like, yeah, it's her. Isabella, so you I, love I, love so much. Excuse me. It's Valentine's Day season. Don't, don't ruin the, don't ruin the shot. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you real quick. The number one thing that knocked it out the park for me initially, but like I said, I was very cocky and, you know, not very smart with how I made decisions. Mm. But literally the first time I met her and she made um, basically, uh, was it Driapwa? Yeah. Yeah. She made Driapwa, the Haitian rice, oh. which is very similar to the rice that, you know, my parents make, right? Mm. Called wache. It's a little, it's kind of, I think it's similar. She doesn't think so. <laughs> and then the chicken, she made chicken with bone in and stuff. <laughs> with like, bone in. And I, and I felt comfortable eating the chicken and then chewing on the bone in front of her. Right. <laughs> like I was like, like there's already like that, um, culturally, the culturally like yeah. that culturally yep. there's that, there's that link. Right. And then yep. the way how she moved was very similar to the way how I moved financially mm-hmm. was the, I just was very immature socially with like how I wanted to handle the relationship. I wasn't ready to settle down. I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to get this DO degree and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get into mm-hmm. surgery degree and I'm going to get it and we'll figure things out. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. once I, met, I went to Miami and you just start realizing, yeah. like, as you're looking at the scene, <laughs> you're like, yo, there's a lot of superficial people here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm there's just, a lot of bikinis. Out yeah. A lot of bikinis. <laughs> a lot of B- Don't know if BBL was a thing back then. I'm sure there was a lot of BBLs, too. OK. Hey, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, she ain't lying. I'm just facts. <laughs> I even thought I thought the nurses would be coming in bikinis, right? But no, nah, they just a joke. Just a joke. But um, oh my god, me. But there was just a lot of superficial <laughs> stuff down there, mm-hmm. and I just I wasn't with it, right? Just at right. that point, like yeah. you know, but there comes a point I think when a guy says I'm ready, right? And that was it. I was just like I'm ready, and I right. just know that she's the one. And you know, there was no boxes, but I just like this is the one. Like this is the one I'm supposed yep. to spend my life with. I gotta fix this and make it right and go from there. And um luckily she you know, I had to go call through- me on the phone eleven yeah. times. Yeah, because she didn't want she wasn't picking up on the first. Not picking up. Oh. Yeah, picking up. <laughs> Playing the hard to get the hard to get there. Okay, I see. I nah, to, I was playing okay. the I'm done with you. I, I had to do like okay, start. Okay. What's, the, what's the different one where you gotta change the phone number? Like I had to change the phone number. Oh, like, okay. The star so you know what's up. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Get, get, your, get, your, get your woman. Like <laughs> Come on, right? Come on. Cause you know, sometimes people paint like this is like a perfect picture and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's not like that, you know? <laughs> but when you but for for men though, I think men is very clear, like the ladies listening when a man wants you like and he makes that decision he will he will get through any barrier to make sure that pursue he can you relentlessly just so y'all know, so y'all know that <laughs> you, know, right. you know not Facts. to be confused with stalking mm-hmm. right. yeah there's a clear there's a clear difference too. yeah there's a yeah, clear we difference we're telling ourselves right here yeah we getting real we potting i'm talking about yo potting potting absolutely yeah right. absolutely yes yes <laughs> Oh my All right, gosh. So, so we going to switch gears just a little bit. Take me back to residency now and how mm-hmm. uh, the dynamic of your relationship going to residency in different places. How did that <laughs> affect like really like completing your program successfully? Mm. Oh, oh. That ain't had no effect on me. It, so <laughs> we mean it had no effect on you. Of course it had an effect on you. <laughs> Our relationship? <laughs> yes. Well, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) So first year residency. So first of all, um, when we were in medical school, Mm -hmm. right, we had this we had this relationship, which was kind of like, well, we talking, but we we just dating. Right. Mm -hmm. So one, one first things first, I was not trying to get him to be my husband. Mm. Okay, that's number one. We were dating (laughs) and I was very clear about that. Like, no, I'm not trying to marry you. I don't even know if I want to marry anybody in medicine. Actually, I didn't even want to marry a doctor, Mm. Um, but I met him. We were dating. So ladies out there, don't like set your eyes on somebody and be like, I'm going to try to make him my husband, because at at least for me, that that is not how that worked. Mm. Um, So we were just kind of dating. And by the time the first year of med- of uh, residency came along, then at that point, Mr. Player here um, <laughs> <laughs> got Miami. quickly caught in his command. And so I can say that that actually, right, like the, the struggles and the strife and the conflicts of relationships mm-hmm. actually do can take a toll on you, right, on your everyday living, right? Okay. So it did really take a toll on me, right? in my everyday life going to, you know, having to wake up, having to think about, you know, what we're arguing about, you know, what's going on in our relationship. Am I happy? Should I stay in this relationship? Those kinds of things. It does actually affect you. Things don't happen in a bubble where you can just put them aside and then think that, 
you know, life is just going to go on and it's not going to affect you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I can say that it didn't necessarily affect me to the point where I failed anything, like I failed a rotation or whatever. But mental health wise, yeah, I could definitely tell you that, that there were times where I had to call my mentor and just like hash everything that was going out, going on out with her. Um, so that I could just live and feel like I wasn't, you know, just in this abyss of, you know, sadness. Um, so that really does take a toll on you if you are in a relationship and you're having conflict. Um, while other times when the relationship was good, then that takes a toll, not a toll, but that impacts you also, right? It makes you feel good. It makes you, you know, get your endorphins going. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like, yeah, I can do anything. This, you know, things are going really great. Um, but it was definitely difficult to navigate residency because you're one in two different specialties. Mm -hmm. So the understanding of what is going on in surgery is different than the understanding of what's going on in OB. You know, they have their similarities, but they're very different. And number two, you know, you are miles and miles away in Georgia and in New Jersey, you know, right. so your schedules may also just kind of be off. You're not seeing each other as as often as you did before, because you got to remember, we lived in Kansas City. We were with each other all the time. And then all of a sudden there was this like break. Like I just didn't see him anymore. He just didn't see me anymore. Um, and so I think that for me was that was a little difficult to manage um, sometimes. So I don't know about for you. Um. <laughs> It was it didn't affect me. So it it didn't affect me the way how it affected her. It affected me very differently, very, very differently. And I'll tell you, like men, it affects men differently sometimes. Um, and particularly with me in a surgery residency, I was the first DO resident or DO medical student. Um, I literally felt like, you know, that song war. Who? Good God, y'all. What is it? Like, I just felt like every day, I felt like every day that was me because I like had to represent the osteopathic, you know, (laughs) thing and make sure that like I got into the program and they weren't going to kick me out. Right. Right. Like, I just felt like I had to survive. I felt like it was sink or swim. And I think socially, I literally just went into like a silo Mm -hmm. and I just was like, I got no matter what happens, I got to be at work by five in the morning. And I know I got to leave work probably by, you know, eight o'clock and I got to rinse, wash and repeat. And everything else is just going to fall by the wayside. So while I was thriving as a resident, like mentally, I was really struggling because I wasn't talking to my family uh, as often as I wanted to. I wasn't talking to my girlfriend as much as I wanted to. Uh, There was a point literally like I remember my freshman or my first year, one of the residents was like, yo, did you shower? (laughs) because i realized i had gone like three days without taking a shower because i was just so like i was struggling i was struggling and then it multiplied as i went into my second year third year and fourth year where there was a point where i probably was a little bit depressed you know but i didn't know it because external wise I'm showing up to cases my attendings my attendings didn't know what was going on but you just see subtle things like I'm not like 
from a physical Shaving. standpoint, I'm not shaving mm. or, you know, my car that I used to take pride in, like the mirror had broken off. And like for six months, I was just driving around with the mirror, you know, the passenger <laughs> mirror. Just wow. kind of neglect. Just, you right. know, yeah. floating in the wind. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Whenever she yeah. would call me, I'd be snapping. Like, I ain't got time for this. I got to go click. Mm-hmm. Um, when family would call. There was one time when my mom called me and I was in the operating room and the nurse picked up. And she said, oh, you know, Dr. Darko's operating. And, you know, I guess like she, the nurse kept acting kind of like apologetic, like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then I I said, what's going on? She was like, oh, your mom was just like apologizing for bothering you. She, you know, she oh, just was like man. really feeling bad that she called you. Mm-hmm. And then it finally clicked to me that I was like snapping at my family, mm-hmm. you know, really mm-hmm. short with my family, but I didn't realize it. Oh, and that's right. kind of when I realized I was like, man, like I really got to change how I am, but I didn't know how to do that. So when I say like for her, it affected her in one way, it affected me differently. Plus being a man, like, what am I going to do? Tell another, I just didn't feel comfortable talking to any of my mentors. Don't want to talk about your feelings. Talk to them about what? Like, like, yeah, I'm having a hard time with my girl or I'm having a hard time like getting out or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just feel like, you know, I'm struggling through this. Can y'all help me? Like, I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And uh, so that's how, for me, I was struggling. It doesn't always show externally. And uh, sometimes men may feel a little bit difficult, may have a difficult time expressing that, um, particularly in a male-dominated field like surgery. Like surgery, yeah. No, I think you guys highlighted such an important point because I'm actually reading this book called, I'm sure you guys know about it, like Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, because men and women are so different. And I really didn't realize how different we are in terms of just like how we express ourselves, how we move through conflict. Like you were literally just saying, Dr. Nee, like men don't really talk about their feelings. They just kind of sit process how to get a solution and that's like how they solve it versus we women we like to like verbalize what's going Mm -hmm. on trying to get people's opinions solicit advice like so we're very different in that way so i can only imagine like you guys both going through a difficult time in your training and then still having to maintain and like foster a relationship that must have been very very difficult so i'm just wondering like how did you guys make it through like how did you sustain a long distance relationship like how did you communicate how did you what things did you implement to like keep that alive essentially and get married i don't know that we implemented anything i think you know what what i think saved us was that we had a really close friendship yeah. To begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what saved us. We liked each other. Ooh. Yeah. We oh actually liked each other. Liked each yes. other. That's I always hear that. Yeah. That's yeah. So when I would when I would when I would snap at her or if I wasn't a hundred percent showing up, mm-hmm. she still realized the good in me. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, vice versa, when we would argue. Or when I would, you know, whenever we would just go back and forth, it's like, oh, this, she's a good woman. She comes from a great family. Her family's amazing. Right. Um, right. You know, we just were mm-hmm. excellent. Like we understood each other really well. So like there was always yeah. that baseline of this is a good person. First of all, they, mm-hmm. why would they screw me or wrong me right. in a certain way on purpose and stuff, right. you know? So, you know, and the other, I think part of that also is recognizing that, you know, when you have that baseline of even just liking someone, from the beginning and caring about someone from the beginning that even when you are upset at them, you can still have concern for them. Mm. And I think that's really important. That's a key right there. Yeah. Because when he was, you know, when he was struggling, (laughs) when he would snap or whatever, it, that wasn't like him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that that was not like him. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, something's going on to the point. I like I actually called his sister and was like, um, you might want to go check on your brother because something's mm-hmm. going on. Like he, his personality is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you, you know, it's it's to a point where you really have to feel that your concern for that person is more so than the anger that you're feeling in the moment that you're having a conflict with them. Right. So I think that's what saved us was our friendship. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. And you guys made it through mm-hmm. successful. You guys got married and you guys were able to start a family. What mm-hmm. are some things or I guess advice you would give in terms of how couples should plan for starting a family while they're also pursuing a medical career? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's got, so many ways Renee, to do it. Renee Van Zant over here. So <laughs> I don't know I'm Renee Van Zant. I'm a letter cook. I'm a letter no, cook. No, no. Right I now. think there's no. I, listen, I I don't think there's any one way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when you are ready to introduce children into your life, that as long as the two people who are you know are in it are ready to do it, um, that they should. You know, whether whether that means that you are still in school whether that means that you are in residency or whether that means that you are done. Um, I think that, you know, it really just all depends. I mean, we had a, we had a student, she, what she was pregnant. How many times? I want to say three times in medical school. school. Yeah. Yeah. Three Three times in medical school. I I, I love that. Medical school is what changed my, I was like, medical school. Okay. That's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. She had a kid back to back to back to back. Like she just started her family. But she and her husband were ready to do that, right? Because mm-hmm. their situation just said, just dictated that that's what they wanted to do. For me personally, that is not something that I would have chosen for myself. Because one, I don't even think I was mature enough to be a mother <laughs> in medical <laughs> time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm double thinking it right now. Okay, <laughs> am I mature enough? <laughs> but I, you know, that's not something I would have chosen for myself. But again, I think mm-hmm. that's such an individualistic or couple's decision that you really can't give someone just blanket advice on how to, you know, how to start a family. Uh, because it's not going to look the same for everyone. So, you know, Definitely. what I would say is that if if someone is thinking about starting a family, um, don't necessarily think that there is one way to do it. That's the best advice that I could that I could give to someone. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so uh, you can go ahead, Alden. Bro, you got it, Brody. <laughs> I appreciate, you. appreciate you, King. Appreciate you. So, um, hindsight is fifty. Is is a uh, hindsight is 20, 2020. Yeah, I was about to say fifty. There you go. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Um, looking back, what would you say are some of the uh, trying to word this right characteristics that you would say would be like ideal for getting through medicine, like with a partner, like like do, do you see what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like ideal characteristics in your partner now that you're a medical professional. Yeah. I think that that one for me, again, is one, you you have to see how this person moves. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to see how this person moves. How do they move with you? How do they move with other people? What are the values that they hold? Are they similar to yours? 
Are they very family oriented? Um, me, when I first met me, me was extremely like very open about the fact that he loved his family. Mm-hmm. Right. And that for me was really important because you got people out here. They'll have like three brothers and sisters and you will never know. You'll be like, you got a sister. Right. Right. You got to start wondering like, oh, (laughs) you know, what's going on? Like, are you not family oriented? Mm -hmm. Um, I personally never understood, you know, where people like get to the point of engagement and haven't met a family member yet. Because that Mm -hmm. happens, you know, especially when you're very far away. Now that not to say that that's always a a red flag, but it might be. Um, so, I mean, for me, it was that we shared a lot of the same values. I think, you know, being Haitian, him being Ghanaian, I think there's a lot of overlap with us culturally also um, with the way that we were raised. You know, I was also raised in that you go to school, go to school. When you finish, then you can worry about boyfriend. okay Um, (laughs) but I think that that for me was a major characteristic that you know there was this cultural this cultural connection and this like this family love Um, and the fact that he was just a good person he was very easy to get along with Um, he made me laugh a lot I like to laugh I'm always smiling so he always kept a smile on my face so that that for me was really important I think also um, there's a sense of the person who you're dating, whether they're on the side of the medicine side or just maybe not in medicine or even Mm -hmm. both. It's just being able to dream together and kind of realize that there might be an initial sacrifice that may need to be made. And there may not be a timeline on that. Right. Right. (laughs) And just knowing, like, what is that person's demeanor? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to be the type of person who says, well, it's been five years, cat, you know, checks up, like it's my time to party and all these different things. And mm-hmm. why can't we buy this or why can't we purchase that? Like there has to be um, a sense of just having the ability to have the dream together. Yeah. Right. Like those are really big things that I would give anybody advice on. Make sure that when you're looking at a partner that you see that quality and being able to delay gratification, you know, to a certain point. Um, but also at the same time, understanding that their goal, excuse me, your goal, if you are on the medical side or even both, like you guys have to be able to share the goal together yeah. and the win mm-hmm. together. Her win is my win, my win and definitely her win. Like we got to be each other cheerleader mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. Those are the things that like are very subtle things that mm-hmm. I think, you know, in this age of social media, you know, it, you don't really see that glamorized that much. It doesn't mean that people don't use that, but it's so subtle that you don't really pay attention to that anymore. Yeah. You're kind of focused on the end product of, well, you know, this person's going to be a doctor. They're going to be making six right. figures and all these different right. things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, just because you make six figures and you're an asshole or you're a jerk <laughs> okay. or you're a womanizer or right, whatever right. it may be, doesn't mean that that person <laughs> is going to be, you yeah, know, wife partner. or yeah. partner or That's husband so material, yeah. you know? So, you know, Doctors can be bad people too, yo. You know, so yep. like, okay. like, let's keep it real. So yeah. that's the part that I think that people need to really pay attention to. Also, is the subtle signs yeah. um, that you don't necessarily see, like just blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, nice face. body um, or nice car <laughs> or nice apartment. BBL, or BBL. <laughs> don't forget the BBL. Well, right. You know, the, the you mentioned kind of sort of like like resources, right? Is this person resourceful or, or are they wasteful? You know, we yeah, talked about how yeah. we paid off debt. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. finances 
could definitely split you apart. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, if you, you know, if you're trying to build something, you're trying to, you know, dream together, but this person is literally spending away the dream, that's going to be a problem. And one of the things that I really liked about him was he wasn't a spender. I wasn't a spender. Mm -hmm. The first conversation that we ever had when we met over the phone was for an hour long. And yeah, we had that much to talk about. Never even met each other. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that we talked about during that first conversation was, are we going to get a car? Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, disagreed We talked that. about, yeah, yeah, whether or not we were going to get a car. Shared and car I, or? So, no, so, no, 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 not shared oh, car. Not shared oh. car. So I was like, well, I am going to get a car. I said, but I'm just going to buy like a little secondhand something for like $900. And he was like, well, I'm going to get a car, but I'm going to finance mine. I was like, you want to finance your car? I'm like, we live in on loans. He's like, no, I just want something reliable, X, Y, and Z, and blah, blah, blah. But he financed it. He did finance it, but he paid that thing every month. Mm-hmm. You know, he paid it off every month. He wasn't somebody who was like, yo, I'm running out of money. Can you lend me some money? Blah, blah, blah. Well, my dad, my mom and my dad, my dad got the loan for the car, right? They got mm-hmm. a personal loan. Mm-hmm. For the car. So every time my refund check would come, I would pay six months in advance and get yeah. it out the way. Mm-hmm. It was literally mm-hmm. like even doing that pain me like I was, you know, my dad came mm-hmm. here on a boat, literally came here on a boat. It took him three weeks to get Not here. Not a slave ship, y'all. No. <laughs> no. We know the difference. Everybody here is a child of immigrants. Important. We important know the difference. Distinction. Yeah. Important distinction. Right? Yeah. You, gotta, you, gotta, we know. you know, on his own volition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, you know, so like there's always this perspective. We always have help, right? I'm sure, you know, when your parents or people tell stories, oh, I came here with 50 cents. It's like, word. You came to New York City with 50 cents. Like, how was you able to make money? None of those stories. Like, whatever, whatever your background is, I don't believe none of that. Like, oh, two pennies. If you are my mom now, like, nah, you ain't, you ain't, you knew somebody. You stayed at somebody's crib, but like, nah, how do you afford rent? You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But like, right, right. so I knew my dad had was able to make things, a lot of things happen on his own, although I don't know the perspective. So I always took on that personality. Like in my early 20s, I was like, now that I'm in med school and I'm taking all these loans out, I'm not asking y'all for Nathan. Mm. Like, I'm, we, Nathan. I'm not asking <laughs> right? you. Don't right. don't want to burden. So I took out yeah. these loans to like, okay, I got to get this car and I can't get it myself because I don't have any credit. So I just wanted to make sure that they always got the mm. money. I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want them to think that I was a deadbeat. And I didn't want to miss any payments. So then they would start to worry. Right. Mm, right. And that was the number one thing. My mom was a nurse's aide and I just didn't want her like, I just didn't want her worrying about her son in Missouri financially Mm -hmm. having any issues. So I was always made sure I paid my parents back their money. Um, I just felt really indebted to them. And as a result, just with my money in general, like I was just always very miserly with that. Now, looking Mm -hmm. back, I probably took out too much in terms of loans to make sure that I had money to like, you know, I didn't have to ask them for money. I probably should have been, I should have budgeted a little bit better and I probably should have taken out like thousands less so that Mm -hmm. later on in the, you know, four years down the road, you know, the, the amount that I took out wouldn't be too much, but Mm -hmm. you know, hindsight is 2020, but that was the whole thing with me taking money out and making sure that I paid my parents is I just didn't want them to worry about Mm -hmm. me. I just wanted them to feel like I got it. And as a result, responsibility, yeah, Yeah. we were were really good with money. Mm -hmm. We're same thing with Renee. Renee was so the the other thing too is, you know, she's three years older than me. She was working. Damn, why you gotta? 
breaking the cheat codes <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying nah you can keep that in. i look good too you look great. I thought you were much younger than him. Don't worry, stop. listen, yeah, Doctor Renee. You 55, look great. 55, uh, 55 really? I'm joking. I'm joking. She's not, she, I'm joking. Fifty five. She, she not even near. She not even near that. I'm just joking. <laughs> but she was. He was ahead of me, so she mm-hmm. had. She was working, so she had cash. Yeah. I was coming right out of school. I didn't have mm-hmm. any cash, and I still could have figured out a way to get a car cash. I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the resources, mm-hmm. yeah, or I didn't right. think of the resources. Um, so as a result, I financed the car and then used all of these different things to make up and make myself feel better. Oh, <laughs> if I finance a used car, and this is a used car, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm, financing this, I'm financing this pre-owned <laughs> car. It won't break down as much, all of these different things. Meanwhile, yeah. the same car that she spent $900 on lasted her all four years and even into it's residence. A residency. It's a residency. Wow. Yeah. So. $900 well spent. No, see that, that, like I said, you guys have really kind of stayed on track with your financial goals and really stuck through it together, which I think is the biggest thing. But you've also discussed like some of the things that people don't really understand when you're dating or partnered with somebody in medicine. Like there's so many trials, tribulations, like other things that people may not go through if they were not in that same field. So for those who are probably, you know, dating somebody that's in medicine, or maybe they're partnered with somebody that's in medicine, or maybe they're trying to like, see what would that look like if I like you were just saying, Dr. Renee, like you didn't even want to be with a doctor, right? And I'm sure you had your reasons for that. So like, how would what are you would you say are like some common misconceptions that people have when it comes to dating or being married to a medical Mm. student, a resident, or just anybody, you know, that's in their journey of being a, a attending yep. i don't know if they are misconceptions say, or, say or they just truth i'll say number one is <laughs> like yo they, okay. they, they ain't got money like even when they graduate from <laughs> residency <laughs> they ain't got money <laughs> you know so there's, this, there's this uh there's this thing on social media where this girl was like sprinkle she, sprinkle she was talking about how like she was someone was telling her that she should wait for a resident she should date a resident because as soon as they're done they're gonna make a lot of money and she was mm-hmm. on point she's like no nah, i know they gonna have a lot of date, a lot of loans and debt, and all those different things. So come talk to me like five, ten years down the after. road, you know, right. because we know those first five years after residency, they're gonna be crucial. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if, you know. Yeah, I think that you know that people are yeah are definitely gonna be broke. I think that they're gonna be busy all the time. I I just don't think that those are necessarily misconceptions. I think those mm-hmm. are. Conceptions. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. those, right. those are right. things that people should be aware of. Like they are going to be busy, mm. right? Your traditional practice, um, your traditional doctor is going to be busy. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody does locums like us. So you might hit, you know, a little bit of a jackpot with somebody who says, listen, I want to control my own schedule. You know, I want to do mm-hmm. something off the beaten path. I'm not just going to join a hospital, join a private practice. I'm going right. to do something different. I'm going to do locums. I'm going to do concierge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, you know, direct primary care, something that's going to give me my time back. But as far as most doctors, yeah, expect them to be busy all the dang time. Right. Um, So that that's something that you really have to look out for. And that was, again, why I didn't want to marry a doctor, because I just felt like, well, if I'm busy and he's busy, then when are we seeing each other? It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. So. But yeah. Um, What else? What else? What other misconceptions? (laughs) Well, I think so. I'll, I'll say this. I think that 
one of the things that you definitely need to think about, especially with young males, mm-hmm. is that they're going to think they hot ish. Okay. Listen, now someone is speaking. Now we're speaking the truth on this podcast. Thank you. Know you. I, I we wasn't trying to say it directly, it. but I'm glad I'm <laughs> Yo, but hey, there's some woman that do the same. Wasn't me. But, hey, yo, y'all wasn't, wasn't giving it. us detention in college, right? We, y'all wasn't we, giving we us detention in college. Let y'all Listen. have the show. I was telling Jared and Aldwin off camera. I said that you put a black man, you give him a little bit of money. You give him a little bit of money, and he doesn't know I'm how to. Oh about my god, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle <laughs> skit yeah. with, uh, with Rick James. But, oh, but you, you know, a lot. Listen, oh a lot of that has to do. I think a lot of that has to do with <laughs> what happens deal. in college and what happens on the way to college. And I think oftentimes, what you use a cornball, yeah, you know. <laughs> and when you go into medical school, then what ends up happening is, you know, you have you feel like there's the ratios have changed, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the ratios have yeah, changed crazy. in your favor. Yeah, in your favor. Absolutely. And depending on what your depending on your background, depending on if you had if you were savaged. <laughs> going your way up right if you got if you got got by a girl a certain type of girl oh, it might uh-huh. be time to be like mm, you my turn you gonna act a certain <laughs> way or you know it just it all depends all of that stuff really depends right and, it's relative yes sir yeah, yes sir it, it is my class it was it was some hit chicks in there so it ain't work out for me i ain't gonna lie yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No okay. Back, we got to do that behind the Patreon. We got to do on the Patreon channel. Yeah. Back to loving on one another for 2024. We We love. We love. We love black men in 2024. But we have to say the truth too, right? Like I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad it wasn't me that said. I'm glad Doctor Renee said it because I wouldn't have used as much tact when I said it. So. These high value men. I value man. Oh. That's right. KS. KS Army. So, so, oh my so, gosh. So we go we go move it back to the money conversation, right? You guys have eliminated six hundred and sixty thousand of combined debt. Say that again. That's we beautiful. gonna snap for that one real quick. We gonna snap for that one, right? So please, please, I need the scrolls. I need the info. We all need to know, honestly. We need On this it. platform, the listeners yeah. need to know. How can married physicians use their dual incomes to get rid of that burdensome, burdensome debt? I'm telling yes. you. Yo, let so, me. So let's tell them how it started. Let's wait, tell them how it started. SNMA. Well, no, but let's tell them how. It's over with SNMA. Well, you tell the story. Go tell your so story. So you don't remember. <laughs> right? So it actually started. This actually started with SNMA before we ever started dating. We went oh, to. Region 9. Region 9? Um, although we were region two technically, but we live in region nine. Um, but, um, so we went to region nine's, um, what they call it now, Armec is what y'all call mm-hmm. it. Armec. Yep. Now, yep. It, it even used to be called Armec, but mm. yeah. So we went to our, to region nine's conference and at the conference, they had a financial planner. Actually, he used to, he used to work for SNMA, this financial planner. Um, I don't know if he still does. But he was telling us, he, he was presenting and he was telling us how when he graduated from school and his wife graduated from school, she had debt, but he didn't. Mm. And so what they did was because she had debt, what they looked at was which one of them makes more money. And mm. they decided that they were going to live off the person's salary who made the least money and throw 
all of the big money at the person at her debt, mm. basically, so that it could be paid off the fastest. So we went to that conference bef- again before we ever started googly eyeing each other or anything like that. <laughs> but that was something that I think that we remembered because when we eventually got married, that's exactly what we did. Wasn't that a Sophie? Oh, that's Dave? fine. No, that wasn't a Sophie. No, that was at Downstate. Mark, downstate. Yeah, downstate. it was at Downstate. Mm. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we did. So that's how we ended up starting, you know, thinking about, well, how should we, how should we approach um, paying off this debt? How should we right. even put our money together? Right. Cause like in order to do that, you got to put your money together. I want and- prenup. Did you guys sign a prenup? Me? He no. didn't have anything. That's so, none of your I, told, I brought it up. I brought it up. I brought it up. I was like, yo, I was like, listen, I think we should consider getting a prenup. Yes. And then the prenup would have said, I'm going to keep my zero dollars and zero okay, that's what, okay. Exactly. Zero dollars. Negative. Not even zero. Negative. Okay. Ouch. That's what it would have said. You, okay. you ain't had nothing. Uh, but the prenup discussion was brought up. And it she, was brought up. She deaded it real I deaded quick. It. And I was like, mm. that makes sense. All right. Whatever. Well, you know, that ain't for it. Just because you guys probably started with debt together, you guys paid it off together. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like someone was starting like here and the other person was here. So right. I see it. I see right. why you didn't. Yeah. Right. I understand. Right. I mean, I could, I could see if there was some like disparity between right. us, income disparity, yeah. but there really wasn't. Um, we, and we, actually, I graduated as an attending. You know, before he did. So technically, I had more than he did. Yeah, oh, okay. But you also had IRS debt. So whatever. Anyway, Basically. at least I had an income to have IRS That's debt. That's a okay? super boom. <laughs> she, she wasn't paying. She wasn't paying her debt to the IRS. Okay. I don't even know how to file taxes. I'm like, I still send it to my dad to file, but I have no clue how to file. So I, I could have been you. <laughs> yes. We, yes. we, we graduated. Don't play. Yeah. We graduated with 240k each. Mm-hmm. And, and it ballooned. And then through residency, we just like after the grace period, you know, the initial deferment period, then we had to pay the piper. And back then, mm-hmm. just remember, there's no PSLF right. out there. Right? right. So like you get your coupon book and they don't care about your income or anything like yeah. that. It's you like got to pay, pay this amount. amount. So right. unfortunately, we ended up forbearing a lot. Mm-hmm. And what was mm-hmm. and just I hope you guys know what the difference between forbearance and deferment. Right. So forbearance yep. mm-hmm. is basically they put up you don't have to pay, but your interest still capitalize, capital, yeah. capitalize, capitalizes or capitalize, uh, whatever. Either way, it's exponentially growing still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And our debt both went from 240 to 330 by the time yeah. we finished our residency. That, we're talking about Mama. five years. Wow. Right. So now, you know, we getting married and we decide to combine our finances and we realize, hmm, you know, we're making a good salary, but, we, but still paycheck to paycheck. we still live in paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. which means that we're not budgeting well. And we have almost $700,000 of student loan debt. How are we going to handle this? And then we're living like five hours away. We're in the middle of Pennsylvania and the people there were nice and they're sweet. But that's not the that's not the vision that I thought about when I decided to become a doctor. My plan was to come back to Jersey and practice. And I think her her I don't know if your thoughts nah, were to I go back. Going back to New York to practice. You crazy New York yeah. hospitals. <laughs> yeah, so you live in the Bronx, right? White coat poppy. Baby violent. You already know. Okay. <laughs> I had enough of that. Where I was wasn't necessarily where I dreamed I wanted to be, yeah, basically. Yeah. And we figured out that like the reason why we were living where we were living in a very rural area was because we didn't have enough money. 
to live in New York or New Jersey. Right. And the yeah. biggest issue was the, the debt. debt. Mm. And we just decided that, you know what? We really got to get this debt out of our out of our lane. Mm. And the, the number one reason where we figured it out was on our honeymoon. Right. So mm-hmm. before we started yeah, our yeah, job, yeah, yeah. before we started working at the same job together, we went on a honeymoon. And this is the first time we've taken a vacation in 10 years of dating. And now we're married. Mm. And we went to Australia, New Zealand mm-hmm. and Bali. Right. Ooh, we did it for a month. Nice. Right. Mm-hmm. We he didn't even want to go for it. He was we like, oh, dating. why are we going for a month? We well, should just, go for two Hold on. But you, you, hold on. Just let, the, let it breathe. Let it breathe. Sometimes you got to just let it breathe for a little bit. We pop it. Let it breathe. Like she just interrupting. Let it breathe. Right? So we finally get to Australia and we look at each other like this is like day two or day three. And we having an amazing time. And we just are like, by the time we get back, which will be a month, we got to start working. And we said to each other like, When's the next time we're actually going to take a trip like this ever again? That's real. And the number one thing that we said was going to keep us from taking this trip was the student loans Mm. and having to work all the time. And there was like this eerie, weird silence afterwards. Like, Ooh, I wish she didn't say that. I wish he didn't say that. Or I wish he had said something that was a little bit more positive. And I think that kind of set us on this path of, you know what? By any means necessary, we got to yeah, eliminate this, this debt. Yeah, right. So what we ended up doing is just like that example of what <clears throat> Dr. Renee said when we heard in uh, at RMEC in, in Region 9 several years ago. So since she was part-time and I was full-time, we lived off of her salary, yeah. right, which was part-time. Mm-hmm. And then we used all of my salary to pay off each other's debt. Right. And then I even did extra work where I did locums and then she did locums. Yeah. All of that extra money went to 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 um, the debt. I mean, there were months where consistently, you know, I'm, I'm doing extra work and all this stuff. She's doing extra work. We were putting 20 stacks towards our student loans, mm-hmm. like consistently. And, wow. Like yeah. it feels good, but it was painful. Right. It's like, yo, yeah. 20 stacks. That's yeah. just like not even hours. Right. It's just yeah. like, you're just, throwing right. it. you're just throwing it at this company right. and it's like, dang. But also at the same time, it was like, yep. Yep. Right. Yep. It's like <laughs> job rent. Right. right, like no, right. twenty stacks. Here you go, Sally May. You know, make it right. Here you go. It's a lot of money. That's a lot yeah. of work. That's yeah. a lot of time apart from each other because we're doing it's extra work. Exciting. You know, and but it was worth it. But right. also during that time too, we we started having problems with having you know with fertility. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. so yeah. that was some real stuff there. Also, yeah. You know? Can you guys yeah. actually talk? Are you comfortable to talk a little bit about? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like yeah. there could be some listeners who would like, who are going through a similar path mm-hmm. and who would mm-hmm. want to hear some encouragement or just some advice as to how to get through that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things, one of the potential consequences of going to school for a very long time <laughs> is that you could be deferring your fertility to mm-hmm. the point of basically becoming infertile or subfertile. Right. Um, And so basically making it difficult to either have children or not being able to have children at all. Um, And so I don't know what exactly our issue was, because fertility is kind of like that, where it's like, nah, everything's normal. Looks great. (laughs) Make sure you say that. And Every, everything was normal. You want a cookie? Like, I don't understand. Nah, you want you know, a cookie? They be trying to look uh, at me like, that, nah. The swimmers was good. It is an important distinction to make. It was Michael Phelps. Everything was all good. It was Michael Phelps. It's good for the narrative, yeah. I'm good African man. 
Let that breathe for a second. Let that breathe. Let Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Okay. It's breathing. Okay. Everybody breath out. Okay, good. Um, So basically about what, six months. We, we tried for about six months Mm -hmm. because by this time I was over 35. So you don't really want to wait a whole year. So by the time six months came, I went and I got evaluated. He got evaluated. Everything was fine. We did two and a half years straight of IVF. And I'm talking at this point, we're working permanent jobs. So me part-time, him full-time kind of shift work. Um, but what I was doing was I would wake up in the morning, do go into clinic, be done with clinic at like five, maybe six o'clock, get on the highway because you got to realize we lived in the middle of Pennsylvania. There's no IVF center there. So I would, the closest IVF center that I could go to was actually in Jersey, about four hours away. So I would get in my car, drive four hours away, literally injecting myself on the turnpike. On rest stops. Yep. At rest stops. Um, And then, you know, getting back on the road. And so, so that I could go to the IVF center in the morning. So I would stay at my in-laws because my in-laws live in, um, in Jersey. So I would stay there, get there at about 10, 11 o'clock at night wake up about five o'clock so I could be at the IVF center at six. They take my blood, do my ultrasound. I'd get back on the road four hours again and enough time to get to afternoon clinic and then potentially be on call that night. Now, when you're doing IVF, the problem is that you have a lot of monitoring that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And so you could be doing that like three, four times a week. Um, and so, you know, it, it really took like a big toll on just, I think my mental health, my, my strength, mm-hmm. my physical, my everything and our finances. Yeah. And our finances. Cause this stuff is not inexpensive at all. And it's like all out of pocket. It's like 25 mm-hmm. at the time it was like 25 racks. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. Not, not including the medicine. Right. And so that's wow. a pop, like every time you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So we did what? Probably. Six, Damn. maybe wow. six rounds of IVF. This is why we're trying to pay off debt. Y'all. Yeah, this is all why we're trying to pay oh, off debt. You guys debt. are making good money then. Hold on. Uh, I'm ready yeah. to get <laughs> I mean, but, that, but that's the thing, right? right. But, but also that's how much we were working. Like I, I would work and then I would do extra work. Right. We were doing locums mm. too. Oh, right. Right. You mentioned right. that. Right. Okay. So we were doing locums as well. And so, you know, eventually he was like, do you think maybe you should probably quit your job? And I was like, what? Uh-huh. This is the one that didn't want me to work part-time, okay? <laughs> now you want me to quit my job. Right, right. And I was like, mm, I don't know. He's like, El, it just seems like you're going back and forth. You're doing all of this stuff. He's like, you don't mm-hmm. think that stress is part of this? And I was like, no. I'm like, women get pregnant in war zones. Like, no, nah, I can't be stressed. Mm-hmm. So one of these days I was making the drive down again. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, I've spent so much time in my career being intentional about getting to this point so that I could help other women grow their families. And now I can't grow mine. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about what he said and I came home that day and I was like, I'm going to quit my job. Mm -hmm. So I put in my three months notice. Um, The only thing that I continued to do, I stopped doing IVF, stopped doing the hormones, stopped doing everything. Mm -hmm. Only thing I continued to do was massage and acupuncture. And I just mm. rotated those, you know, right. one once a week. 
Um, and There's a lot of sage in the house. <laughs> <laughs> really me? I don't burn sage, but whatever. <laughs> he likes to embellish. But on my last day of work, on my last day of work, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, that's um, so, yeah. Wow. I found out I was pregnant. Um, oh, and my, yeah, naturally. And my son oh, is so funny because that morning, that morning, I woke up and I said to him, "Hmm, I had a dream we had a baby boy." He goes, "That would be cheaper." <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the high maintenance of women. Okay, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. He meant huh? no IVF. No IVF. That's what <laughs> oh, okay. he was saying. That would be cheaper. Like if it just came right. like that, it would be cheaper. Right. Oh, right. So he tells me, he goes, don't forget to call the IVF clinic because the point of me quitting my job was so that I could do IVF yeah. free and clear and not have to worry about it. And so I, the plan was for me to move to Jersey with my in-laws while I was doing this IVF. Mm-hmm. Well, that same that same day, like 12 hours later, I find out that I'm actually pregnant. Wow. Um, and that's how we had our first one. We did another round in between. Sorry, we did another round <laughs> in between um, for my second one. Didn't take, and then spontaneously again found out I was pregnant a few months later, and it was like, "Wow, oh my god!" We kind of we kind of looked at it as a message. We kind of looked right. at it as a message that maybe this is the energy of the earth telling us to slow, slow down. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not in control because that's a very humbling thing mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money on yeah. something. You finally get to a point where you're making the money and there's a problem and it takes money to fix that problem and it still don't work. Yeah. So now you're like, hmm, what's the earth trying to tell us? What else can I do? There it is. So as a man, you're just like, man, I don't man, like, I don't know what this means. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, let me just throw it up to her and see, well, maybe like I have heard people like making getting mm. pregnant their full-time job so right. let's try that and stuff and i don't know what it is because there are people probably listening right now who are going through ivf right now and mm-hmm. they're trying to hear that mm-hmm. stuff of slow down and all right. that stuff we just right. saying that when she slowed down and it worked it worked <laughs> that's it that's all i'm saying it worked but you know i think that the running theme with us is you know the trusting your partner and trusting that you know if they make a suggestion um, it's something that you should consider. You know, I, I talked about the part time and he was like, I don't really know about that. But eventually, you know, he conceded and was right. like, wow, it did turn out to be a good idea. Yeah, right. Same thing with, you know, me quitting my job. I was like, yeah, because that that's not even something that I had even thought about doing. Um, but, you know, I trusted that it was coming from a good place. Um, and so I ended up taking his advice. And look at that. We have our two boys. So. Right. You know, Beautiful. I think that that's a really important part of uh, of a relationship is making sure that you understand that you should have some trust for your partner and in, in understanding that even if they are bringing up something that you're like, mm, I'm I don't really know about that, that it probably is coming from a good place. Mm. The level of discipline you guys have displayed has been quite phenomenal, impeccable, to be honest, between IVF, paying student loans, paying the man, uh, managing <laughs> yeah, your relationship. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and you did talk about it a little bit, but what are some of the key financial strategies that married physicians mm. can employ to achieve long-term financial success like you guys have displayed? Right now, I'm sure y'all are way more chilling now than y'all were probably 10 years ago. So it's the <laughs> consistency for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'd say probably the biggest thing is really focusing on each other and focusing mm-hmm. on memories and and like events. Man, give give the steps. You all up here. <laughs> no, no, but give the steps. I love the banter. Fill guys. your cup. You gotta <laughs> fill your cup. Fill my cup. Right. Tell me what you did. That's what they wanna know. Give the people what they want. I'm gonna fill your cup yeah, you going for oh, I think focusing on, on each other. Sounding like you're yeah. on NPR. It's a lounge. <laughs> it's not a lounge. He, he, he forgot we potted. He forgot we potted. <laughs> we, we accept all forms of answers. It's okay, but you know, I, I, I accept Wait. whatever answer you want to give. <laughs> basically, what I'm just first trying to say. First. Basically, what I'm just trying to say is that money can't buy happiness, right? Money. Can, if you Real. realize that money can't buy happiness, then I think you will start to move a little bit differently with your money, and you'll start to realize mm. that money is a tool and it gives you certain things and certain freedoms that you know you may not have if you don't have it and what i mean by that is for me like the money like like me having the money and me being out of debt meant that i didn't have to go to work all the time like i didn't have to see my stupid ass co-workers anymore i could just get a job i'm potting now so the reason i'm bringing that up the reason I'm bringing that up is, is when you realize like how much like you like when you have debt or when you have a job and you don't like it, but you can't mm-hmm. quit it because you got to pay your mm-hmm. debt off or you don't have Ooh. savings, then you will do anything it takes to make sure that you get it taken care of. Right. So that's where I was with my money. It's like I couldn't stand my coworkers. I couldn't stand my <laughs> my colleagues after a while. Ask her. I couldn't stand really it. If they listen to this show, they know what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> so for me, I don't see it in your face. Hey, yeah. yo, like, yeah. hey, yo, I'm just like, yo, like, I, I got to save, the depths of I got to save my right. cash and I got to make sure that like, yeah, me wanting an Audi S5 at the time has got to be put on hold. He got like, a Corolla now. I, I got a Toyota Corolla, but you know what though? I can go anywhere I want to go. I Anytime when I'm working as a locums doc right now, if they need me to work on Christmas, I'm like, I can't do it. If they want me to work Thanksgiving, I'd be like, I don't have to do it. If they say that, yo, we don't want you to come back. It's like, well, I already got like two years of of emergency savings. Somebody else will come knocking. Right. So that's the reason why I started that at that beginning, which is like, yo, you got to realize what you what the money is for. Right. Because a lot of people come on this or a lot of people like particularly from our background will come and they get money and then they start spending money on things that they didn't have when they were growing up. And it's like, yeah, I got it. You got the sneakers that you want. You got the car that you want. You got the plane for eyes that you got. You got the apartment that you got, but you can't say no to somebody who's literally giving you a hard time at work. What kind of flex is that? So yeah, like you come into work at Nikes, but someone's telling you when to show up at work. In your Nikes. In your Nikes. (laughs) When you going, what do you call it? And you a doctor. And they tell you this. Uh-huh. Uh, doctor. That's so, real. so why are you fle- that, that's how I am like so you flexing because you got the nice car you got the nice sneakers you got the nice apartment right. you pay for you know the partners all these different things but you can't say no to the person that's really driving you nuts and it's like why spend all this time and money when you can't even say no, right? So there's a book that's out there called like the $85 million slave or something like that. I forget what it is, but it's a book that was written like 10 years ago. And it was talking about basically NFL players and NBA players. Mm-hmm. They make so much money yet. They, they, can't, say they no. can't say no to their, to their coaches. They can't mm-hmm. say no to their owners. It's like, but you make all this money and you still can't say no. Right. But right. like how much, like still owned, you still owned basically. And for me, like Mm -hmm. those small little things that we're talking about, that makes a big difference. When you change your, your mindset just a little bit and be like, yeah, like for me, like 
the experience is is just as important as just the material thing. And for me, it's like, look, like I'd rather I'd rather drive a Toyota Corolla and be able to say, look, like if someone pisses me off at work, I could be out. Peace. And, that's, and I, I said my piece. So that's me potting. That's him, but that's it. Drop the mic. That's it. He out. He out. Uh, I I like that one right there. I like that one right there. That was a smooth exit. I love that. There's there's, there's mad billionaires that ride around with Corollas. You would never know. They pulling up to the bar wherever you at, and they chilling. Like, it's like, oh, I got my, I'm stacked up. The world don't got to know, but I'm living good. For the people listening, you know how many orthopedic surgeons out there? You know how many neurosurgeons out there? talk mad smack like will treat their staff like crap or mm-hmm. they will treat medical students like like crap and That's then the ceo of a hospital or a chief medical officer will be like nah neurosurgery you got to take call xyz hours okay. blah 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 and they don't clock the word. team they don't clock say the a word yeah. you know and i think a lot of people you have to really say those things and be like look you can make as much money as you want but if you can't if you don't have the ability or the guts or the gall or the savings right. to say no what are we talking about here that's real. What are we talking that's about? That's real. Right? Freedom. It's even the freedom from, that money allows. That's how I yeah. feel about it. So that's right. why I the talk time freely and the like freedom. that. I could talk yeah. freely because I'm like, I, that's how I feel. And that's right. why for me, I took my debt off the off the page. I don't got to deal with that. So if someone gets on my nerves, I'm like, yo. I'm out. I'm out. Have yeah. a good life. Right. <laughs> Drop yeah. the mic. Well, yeah, I think, you know, certainly that mindset. Here she go. Claire Huxtable like. Here she go. <laughs> Here we go. Now, now, now we're at the steps. Do they even right? know who Claire Huxtable she is anymore? Nice you know what we do? We do. Like, we do. Stop. 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 Yeah, we know it. We know it. We have a little culture and history. He's trying to say. What he's trying to say with the dictionary. <laughs> no, I think that mindset is actually really important first, right? So before you start stacking all kinds of bread, you got to know exactly what you're stacking it for. Now, mm-hmm. part of that also is the practicality, like exactly what are you doing in order to be able to stack that, right? So now that you've got that mindset of, I want to be in a position where I can say no to whomever. Like right now, I work one weekend per month. Mm-hmm. That's it. I work one weekend per month and that's it. So I could be home with my kids because I like being home with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like being able to say no, that I can't work any other time if I don't want to work. Um, But what we did as a couple was we made a pact. And the first pact or the pact that we made was that we would not create any more debt. Mm. Don't come with your credit cards. Don't come with, I want a new car. Don't come with, you know, whatever else that you going to come with. Do not create any more debt. The debt that we started with that, that you know, $662,000. That's the debt that we have. We actually had a little bit more. That was the student loan the debt. The IRS debt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. We're not going to point any fingers. We're not going to. Yeah, it was there. Hey, we'll we're not say who. Seven pounds coming after her. Anywho, whatever. At least we didn't have a house um in in Georgia. Uh remember that? Oh, that was debt too. Yeah, that was big oh, we, debt. We probably had like yeah. we had close to like a million. Yeah, we had close to like a million debt. Oh wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, total. It didn't look like debt. It didn't years? look like a student loan debt. So you no, guys no, 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 just the student loans. No, no, no. Okay, just okay, the, okay. Yeah, just the student loans. Just okay. the student loans. We eventually cleared everything else. But the student loans was definitely in three years. And okay. so so that was the first that was the first thing is that we made a pact. No more debt. That's it. Like what we have is what we have. The second thing we did was we we actually went through and looked at our bank account, our bank statements 
to see what are we spending our money on because we were not budgeting. We had, a, you know, each had a card. We have we had a joint account. He's swiping. I'm swiping. I don't know what's in there. I don't know when he's swiping. I don't know how much he's taking now. He don't know how much I'm taking. I'm going to be swiping for $50 a day and he could be swiping for $75 a day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that wasn't working. So we went through and we were like, okay, this is not good. Um, Eventually we decided we're going to make a budget. And in that budget, we also decided first things first, when the money comes in, the money to the loans goes out. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's the first thing that has to, it just has to leave the bank account. It has to. Because if it sits for more than a day, we're going to start swiping. Right. Um, one of the things that we also did was in order to decrease the swipe was to basically do cash. Okay. So we yep. gave ourselves an allowance. We gave mm-hmm. ourselves an allowance. For us, it was like $50 a month. You want to go buy lunch at work? You buy lunch, you got $50. Go buy, buy lunch at work. And that was it. And the only time we swiped is actually when we were together. If we went to the wow. supermarket and we went to buy that. stuff. Smart. So that way we knew what was in the bank account. Mm-hmm. We knew according to our budget, you know, we have $200 to buy food. That's what, you know, so we would li- we would be in the supermarket, remember, calculating up. Okay, how much that milk? Mm-mm, no, that milk. Too- <laughs> 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 it was two hundred. It was two hundred dollars a month that we spent on groceries. Wow. We stopped going wow. out to eat. Yeah. yeah two hundred dollars. Me, me and her. That was it. Yeah. It was what, just what year was this? This is that's a good question. Yeah. That's pre-inflation. Yeah. You can't do that now. You can't do that now. Look at you falling out your chair, right? That's not, you can't buy too many honey buns with that. Not <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of ramen, though. Know. What exactly are you cooking is the question. Like, are you cooking? How many now ladies can you with that, yo? <laughs> so, we, I mean, we, so one, we went to Aldi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's true. All right. We went to Aldi. That's where we shopped. Every now and then we go to Walmart. Every now and then we go to Sam's Club. Yeah. Um. But, you know, we we were very like very strategic Hmm. with where we went, what we what we bought. And, you know, we weren't like, well, I guess we were rice and beans. People look at rice and beans. I'm like, (laughs) that's what we eat. I mean, (laughs) I'm Haitian. I give me some rice and beans every day. So, you know, whatever. Um, So we did that. Um, What else did we do? Oh, we stopped going out to eat as much. And if we did want to go out, like we still had like date night and stuff. But we would just put that in the budget, right? Like, so people look at a budget and they're like, oh, you know, you just, you just put your money on a diet. And it's like, mm, my money's not on a diet. But I'll tell you this. If I make a certain amount of money, I want to know where the hell it's going. Right. Because mm-hmm. swiping my money away and then you ask me, well, where are all the money going? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that to me is a problem. I work too damn hard putting up with too many stupid people to then get a paycheck and then not know where the money went. Right. So the the other thing, too, that we didn't mention, too, is the people y'all got to listen, particularly the residents out there and the attendings who got these like disability insurances. Oh, yeah. Whole life insurances. So you may get like you may be sold, you know, an insurance plan Mm -hmm. or an insurance program that either you don't need um, or is hella expensive because when back in 2013, we found out that we were paying more money to our disability insurance and, and to our, yep. health, our our whole life insurance than we were to our student loans. Yep. Oh, right. Wow. And That's like real, like real is real, like outside of the whole yeah. life, like, you know, if we didn't die, 
like the disability insurance is gone. Right. 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 So it wasn't making, it wasn't doing anything for us to spend money on this disability insurance that was really expensive. Right. So one of the biggest things we did is we, we found way cheaper uh, disability insurance, right? So that decreased how much we were spending and we cashed out. We got rid of our whole life insurance because at the time that whole life plan didn't make sense for us. Right. So for the residents who are out there listening, for the attendings who are out there listening, you may want to make sure you look under the hood on those plans that you were sold mm-hmm. when you were in residency yep. or maybe as an attending and you really didn't know much about mm-hmm. it. It just sounded good. Right. Make sure you look under the hood and make sure that the plan that you got is the right plan for you yeah. and make sure you can find something that if, if it's not cheaper, at least something that's more efficient for you also. Yeah. Cause that takes a lot of money. That's like, yeah. depending on who you are and what your specialty is and how much you're spending, you could be spending close to like some people twenty five hundred, five thousand dollars a month into mm-hmm. disability insurance and like whole life insurance. Yep. That's money that can go towards loans. That's money that can go towards a, uh, you know, a, a, for your kids, you know, a, a college fund. That's money that can, you know, pay for, you know, an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're and I, I just want to be clear: we're not saying not to get life insurance and not to get disability insurance, what we're saying is don't get something that is so expensive that it's actually breaking you and taking away from other things that you actually need. Right. So, right. Ooh, this episode guys, like, I feel like we want, this is the best, the best episode I think to date that I've done in terms of an interview Uh, because you guys really dropped all of the gems, like from love mm -hmm. to finances to, IVF like I just feel like our listeners are really going to appreciate just everything you guys have spoken about so we are so so grateful you came today to share all of this any last words of advice that you want to share with our listeners who may be dating engaged or just married to somebody in the medical profession so first of all I want to say this so I want to say that both me and I were officers in the SNMA So I'm a chair. I'm a chair emeritus. Um, He's a lowly RD. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Like it's the highest honor in the SNMA. Okay, period. On that joint. Period. (laughs) Okay, and he was RD too. Um, but one of the things that we do want to say is that, um, you know, for those of you out there who may or may not know me, I'm really involved in the SNMA. I'm always very excited to meet the new students, especially students on the board. Um, and I just continue, you know, over the last, what, 20 years or so, um, to be very involved in the SNMA. And this year for the 60th, we are commemorating the 60th anniversary of the SNMA that Dr. Nee and I, because we were so fiscally responsible, we are donating $10,000 to the SNMA this year. So we just wanted to make that um, announcement and make that very clear. But to also say that, you know, these payable in 2032. (laughs) 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 Payable in 2024. (laughs) But we wanted we wanted to say that, you know, part of what we do also is we like to to basically give back. Um, One of the things we didn't talk about really quickly is medical missions. We do medical missions work in Ghana. 
Um, and we're able to do that again, partly because of the way that we've set up our finances, because of the way that we set up our lifestyle um, right. and paying off the debt has a lot to do with that. Um, we're able to, you know, work the way that we work and be able to give to SNMA in the way that we do because of the way that we have, have set ourselves up. Um, and so if you are out there as a student thinking about, you know, oh, I want to give back, I want to give back, um, you got to be intentional. Right. You got to be intentional about how you're setting up your life. Don't just think, oh, I'll just be a doctor. And then when I'm a doctor, I'll just give back. It doesn't work like that. Just as intentional as you're being about getting into medical school, getting through medical school, going through residency, you have to be very intentional about how you're going to give back because it's not mm -hmm. just going to fall into your lap one of these days. So, uh, but I just wanted to put that out there. We love yeah. that. <laughs> Dr. Nee, anything? Yeah, I would just say, listen, you know, I think you just need, we need more of these real conversations. And I really want to say thank you very much, The Lounge, um, for having us on this show, allowing us yeah. to be very comfortable and let you know our truth. Because mm -hmm. um, this is how we really talk on our podcast, on Docs mm -hmm. Outside the yeah. Box. You know, so we want the folks who are listening um, to continue to listen to The Lounge. This is a special podcast, as much needed. And as I said in the previous podcast, I need to do some more episodes. Let me do more episodes. You yeah, guys facts. have the talent to be the best podcast out there. Um, but for those who are listening. Even better than Docs Outside the Box. Yeah, y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. You know? He faking. He faking. If y'all see his face, he's faking. <laughs> the, the competitor in me, the Michael Jordan in me. That's it. That's personally, you know? <laughs> but on the real, I want people to listen, who are listening to be like, look, you know, if you want to listen to Docs Outside the Box, you know, this mm -hmm. is how we talk every day on the show. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes things may um, go over their head or sometimes people may feel like, you know, like, I'm not ready for that. But trust me, in five years, those conversations that we're having, you may have that conversation. Right. Um, so this year, you know, with, with Docs Outside the Box, we got this renewed interest to make sure that we are covering all the things that medical students are going through, residents are going uh -huh. through, and even young attendings are going through. And that's everything from not just money, but also mindset. We're talking about finances. We're talking about relationships. Mm -hmm. We're talking about pop culture on it. Yep. And this is how right. we talk. We talk it and we keep it real. She's the, she makes I'm it the sound. I'm the pre-med strategist, baby. She makes it sound really nice. And then I give you the truth. I give you the 100% right. truth, you know, about how right. I feel about certain things. And that's how we talk. So thank right. you again, Delana. Love it. Yeah, thank, love you. It. thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. So first and foremost, thank you guys for pulling up kicking it with us in the lounge. Um, second, on behalf of the entire SNMA, I think we can thank you guys for that $10,000 that you pledged. Mm -hmm. That is no small feat, Facts. and I'm sure that's going to go a long way. Um, <laughs> and third of all, I just want to say, ladies, if you're on the lookout for um, a good sign in your man, get you a man that's going to make sure that your microphone is right in front of your mouth when you speak Here so that is. the masses catch every piece of your voice. Right. Get you a man that's going to make sure that you got your shine. Period. I, I saw it. I was like, okay, he's, he's attentive. He's like, mm -hmm. just in the mic. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> she had to move now <laughs> once. Tell me what to do once. She's been the center of attention, and that microphone been floating around her like <laughs> around the sun. I see you. Right. Yeah, um, audio, audio is key. Audio is key, man. Yeah, ain't, ain't that the truth? But um, that's our show, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Renee. Thank you, Dr. Nee, for joining us Thanks. in this discussion. Listeners, we hope that this episode can help you make thoughtful decisions when pursuing your future spouse. And be sure to follow both podcasts, SNMA Presents The Lounge and Docs Outside the Box on all streaming platforms. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. Take care and be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Peace.